poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. On today's episode of Tactical Tuesday, John and I are going to be breaking down some river decisions with ace-queen off. So these hands went down playing live poker. That's why we're here in easy hand replayer land, as you can see in the overlay. And welcome to Tactical Tuesday. Jonathan, how are we doing, sir? How's it doing? How's it going? I think um, I think another loose theme, ace-queen is, is definitely the, the, the main theme in this hand. Uh, for both of these hands, but I think that another loose theme is is um, kind of just asking the question: Would you would you have played the river this way? Because I think I did in both hands. I think I took a maybe a what would be considered a non-standard line. Who knows? We'll see what you say after you look at them. But um, again, the the main decisions here are going to be um, my action on the river. All right. Well, let's go through it then. Hand number one starts out with you having. The old ace queen off in the big blind. You're three thousand dollars deep uh, with the villain, so you are playing five ten no limit. So about three hundred bigs. The hijack opens to thirty dollars. The button calls thirty dollars. The small blind calls thirty dollars, and now you got a party here with your ace of spades, queen of clubs. So we're at decision point number one with, you know, three callers. And I guess the first question is going to be, what's your impression of the hijack, the dealer and the small blind? Uh, reg fish, fish or reg white belt, white belt. As got you it. Say. All right. So reg opens hijack and then the white belt calls on the button and then white belt calls from small blind. So I just imagine here with the two white belts, that you're going to be squeezing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely going to be squeezing um, all my ace queens in the spot. Um, yeah, not much, not much else to say other than this is a, a value squeeze. Cool. So you squeeze to 18 big blinds. So sizing up with a squeeze, the hijack folds, the button calls and the small blind folds. So got one customer for 18 big blinds. There's $420 in the middle, 42 big blinds. You've got 2820. You get what is reasonably okay flop. Uh, Ace of diamonds, queen of diamonds, queen of hearts. So you flop a boat. And now I guess this, this is where we start. Yeah. So I think there's like, you know, I said that the, the most of these hands, uh, the, the biggest decision was going to happen on the river, but I think there is um, kind of, a lot to think about already here on the flop and just kind of planning the hand and thinking about okay i definitely have a hand that wants to get all the money in what is the best way um we know what are kind of the, the the lines the options that i have um and and what are those lines um what type of flop see bet size or or you know whether i see better whether i see about the flop or not at all like how does how how do all those lines start yeah it's tricky because you have such a good hand mm -hmm. that it makes it quite difficult for villain to have a ton of natural continues. Uh, mm -hmm. They have some probably suited slash offsuit broadways 
uh, Jack, so gut shots, Jack 10, King Jack, King 10, and then Diamond Diamond type hands, so flush draws. They're going to have pocket pairs. They're going to have suited connectors. They're going to have some like ASEX offsuit and probably suited as well in their preflop range. So, yeah, it's pretty tricky, right? Like, I don't know that. I mean, I guess you could start with a quarter. My preference here is probably to check. But, yeah, I'm I'm kind of torn between quarter so, and check. Yeah, this has actually been um, uh, something that I've been finding myself thinking about a lot more because I'm playing live poker or when I'm playing live poker. And, and the big difference here is that I think um, between this hand and, and uh, this hand happening live and this hand happening online is that at 100 big blinds effective, I would have no problem checking the swap and, you know, just being comfortable that uh being comfortable with the fact that like all the money can get in pretty easily somewhere down the line um one of the things i find myself thinking about more frequently when i'm playing live and and you know as you can see here we're 300 big blinds effective um i'm actually like well covered by villain so we you know very easily could have been um much deeper and just thinking about like okay do i need to be a little bit more aggressive or be a little bit more proactive about putting money in the pot if i'm trying to play for stacks when we're when we're this deep um and so I think online at 100 bigs, I would have been way more happy to start out with, uh, way more happy to you know consider starting out with check. In this spot, do you think being deeper, you know, just sort of necessitates us to start ha having a C betting range and maybe like a more of a bet bet range or more even more of a bet 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 range than we would at 100 big blinds effective, just because we need we need those extra streets of betting in order to 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 get our stack in. Yeah. So. You definitely do. Like, if you're going to bet the flop, then you're essentially saying that you're going bet, bet, jam. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, there's no, there's no like other kind of course of action once you bet the flop mm -hmm. than going bet, bet, jam. I just think that the hands that you're targeting for bet, bet, jam, a lot of times will bet themselves uh, on the flop. Mm -hmm. Like, ace 10, for instance, right? Or ace jack, like top pair would be a hand that you'd be targeting for like three streets, some sort of top pair. I, I think those hands bet themselves. I'm a little bit worried because, yeah, I, me I mentioned bet a quarter and I think betting a quarter is, again, the standard, but you could also make an argument for sizing up here too, to just go yep. ahead and target their ace X and their flush draws and, and bet yep. like half pot or three quarters here on the flop too yep. and be like, you know what? Like I'm going to lose some gut shots here because I'm sizing up, but... I'm still targeting like, you know, the the ace x, the queen x, and the flush draws by mm -hmm. sizing up. So it really boils down to like, do you want to capture the extra bets from their low equity hands? Do you want to make sure that their gut shots see the turn? Do you want to make sure that their pocket pairs see the turn so that they can possibly turn a boat? Yep. Um, or do you just want to go ahead and start targeting the hands that you think will be the, the, their call downs, essentially. Yeah. start and targeting like, their, yeah, their, their top end bluff catchers. Right. And yeah. the reason why I mentioned check would, would, is because I think like some of their top end bluff catchers just go ahead and bet the flop anyway. So you don't have to place that bet and you can also, uh, get bets from just zero equity type hands. Um, and because of the SPR, like if villain does bet, I would check raise the flop too. I, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't mess around once they kind of signal like, oh, I, I'm placing a bet here. I would check raise and then kind of, you know, play turns and rivers accordingly, where 
if you if they bet half pot, it's going to depend a lot on like how how big they they bet. If they bet half, then you know that's two ten. So I'm going to check raise to like six fifty ish, something like that. And then there's going to be seventeen hundred in the pot, and they'll have like twenty two hundred left. And then if the turn's a blank, you can check and jam river if turn checks through. Um, if the turn's a diamond, then like you know you you can bet small or 40% or something like that. And then jam river. So yeah, again, like you obviously want to get the money in and you have a lot of depth and the depth makes it to where it's quite difficult to get it in against a significantly wider range of hands, no matter what you do. Like there, it's just really hard to get it in at this depth. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's definitely the, the dilemma that I'm kind of foreseeing here already on the flop. Um, just to kind of go back in game to to what I actually ended up doing, um, I decided to just pick the small bet route and give their you know gut shots and you know potential pocket pairs opportunities to as many opportunities to improve um, on the turn and maybe even the river depending on what I think about doing on the turn. Um, so yeah, I decided to like one of the things that I'm thinking about here also like when I consider check is that I'm not I don't know how confident I am that like Ace Ten bets the flop you know, in the, in the button shoes versus just, versus checking back. And I think that was like a, um, you know, kind of like a fear that I had as well is that like a, a lot of their top end bluff catchers might just start out with a, with a flop check. Um, you know, obviously True. queen is just going to bet, but you know, that, that, that doesn't end up really mattering that much. So anyways, I just start out, I start out with a third. Um, definitely I mean, there's nothing but... stopping you from betting 600 on the turn too, right? Like 660 in the jamming river. Like mm -hmm. yeah. you could still yeah. make it a two street game just by using two really big bets. Sure, sure. So it's not like, it's not like you can't like it's, it's no limit Texas Hold'em. You can get the money in at any point you want to by simply saying I'm all in, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you you have multiple paths to victory. I think when you bet small, you kind of have one path to victory. What is that path? You're just going bet bet jam or hoping to get raised at some point. Okay. Because like when you choose small here, like when I said over bet the turn, there's going to be like 1700 in the middle. And they'll have 2,200. So the SPR is set up to where it's a reasonable jam size. It's not out of this world. When you bet 140 into 420 and they call, there's 700 in the pot. And now they've got 200, like 2,600 behind. That's quite an unreasonable jam. And so really the only way outside of j ripping like 4X on the river is betting the turn and jamming the river yourself. So like that that becomes your 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 primary path to to getting the money in. Okay. So villain calls, that's nice. And here there's 700 in the middle, the turn's the 5 of spades, you've got 2600 behind. You're still, you know, you, you got that 140 from their gutshot region, but now you have to blast. Like you don't you don't really have much of a choice. I disagree. My plan here on the turn was to keep their range relatively wide, thinking about using a small to medium-ish turn size to maybe even keep gut shots in their range, but definitely flush draws, maybe small pocket pairs. And then my plan here was to bet the turn and then range check the river. So I thought that when I go bet bet and get called twice, their range is going to be a bunch of top pair weak kicker. They're, you know, ace X bluff catchers, maybe some 
queen x that's trapping and then hands that will either be straights flushes or big brick straight draws and bricks brick flush draws on the river and by checking the river i think i miss out on potentially some value from their asex region i'm not confident that their asex calls three streets anyway so not really sure how much i'm missing out there and i think all the other hand categories bet the river okay that's reasonable i like the plan let's see see how it goes so my question is just like turn size like how like i don't know which direction is greedy is it like really greedy to bet a quarter here or is it really greedy to bet like 600 here and you know given given what my plan is on the river you have to bet small like yeah, you okay. set up your plan in such a way that you want them to have busted gut shots so yeah 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 you, i don't think i went small enough on the turn i think like 250 yeah yeah i think that's that's about right you went 350 so half pot yeah, yeah it's a little, a little big. too big yeah a little yeah, bit i agree you put yourself in danger of them folding hands that you'd like to induce from sure sure and rivers the deuce of hearts Stick with the plan. You check, villain. Oh, that's two K. So, so good to see. Felt so good to see him reaching for chips. After yeah, check. Just, yeah. Just praying to fade the snap check back. Yeah. Jam and maybe it's good for the the old live poker red line. It is really good for the live. It poker. is really good for the live poker red line. They fold. So, well done, John. Well done. I yeah, think really nice. he, he just snapped that two K on the river and. It's just no no sweat at all. Well done. Good job. Nice hand. Stick around after the break. We'll see what John has cooked up. Days without incident. Down to zero. Are you a lone wolf searching for the ultimate pack? The CPG Wolf Program is a close-knit brotherhood hell-bent on one thing only. Chasing poker greatness. Powered by Bleeding Edge Wolf Strats and led by Coach Brad and his lieutenants, CPG Wolves are systematically prepared for almost any spot they'll encounter on the green felt. If you want to plug into an elite team and have a step-by-step -step game plan to realize your full poker potential, you can apply at cpgwolves.com. Space is limited, and the pack is only as strong as its weakest member. So only the hungriest, grittiest, and most driven will be accepted into the program. Applications are open at cpgwolves.com. All right, welcome back to this ace-queen river-themed episode of Tactical Tuesday. John looks to be 300 big blinds deep. I, I see another theme, Three, 300 bigs playing live uh, This poker. one's actually, this one's only 150, unfortunately. There's a straddle that you can't see it. Ah, I see. Okay, okay. So we have a straddle. You're under the gun with ace queen, and you open to 2.5 big blinds. You have the ace queen of hearts. Mm -hmm. The button calls, the small blind calls, <laughs> the big blind calls and the straddle calls. So we have not not a family pot, but your dad's side of the family pot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, two, four, five. Poker. Yeah, five five way action here with the Ace Queen of Hearts. Any notes on the villains? I guess we'll we'll talk about the villains later. There's there's too many of them to 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 go through yeah. at, at the yeah. moment. We'll we'll talk about the relevant ones. Mm -hmm. You get a pretty good flop. 
10-7-3 with the 10-7 of heart. So you flopped an up flush draw, your personal favorite. Uh, I'm <laughs> sure you almost did a touchdown dance when you when you saw the board. There's 250 in the middle. Villains check to you. And I know you range check tons, multi-way. I just can't imagine you range checking with the nut flush draw and over. <laughs> yeah, this is this is gonna be uh this is definitely gonna be one one category of hand that I can't bring myself to check. Um also I have I have experimented checking these type of range check throwing these hands into my range check range and um just found it to be really uh sort of awkward to to play these play some spots that come up after you check uh you know a super strong draw on the flop multiway. So I've just started betting these hands, and like you said, I I am going to start out with the flopsy. But do you think there's a question of of size here? Sort of what am I kind of hoping to accomplish by by betting the flop into four players? I mean, what are you hoping to accomplish? You're you're hoping that everybody calls and it turns a heart, uh, preferably the the six of hearts. I, I guess that's that's what you're hoping to accomplish. Ah, see, this this is why we get along because I was worried that some people would think that I'm trying to fold everybody out. What? Who would who would think such a crazy thing? <laughs> So, I mean, you, you start out small, probably yeah, 75-ish, somewhere in that in that region, like really small, multi-way yep. C-bet. Uh, you bet 60, so basically you went quarter, 60 into 250. The button raises. And everybody else folds. So, so yeah, let's talk about villain here for a second. Sure. Villain is a extremely loose passive fish, like ninety five percent VPIP. Literally limps every single hand and then limp calls, um, almost every single time. Yep, is very kind of um, I don't know tentative about like putting money aggressively putting money in the pot themselves. So this raise is actually extremely meaningful to me. Um. I do not think that this raise has a hand like Ace Ten in it, for example. I think that would be way too uh, much weaker than what I would expect this villain to show up with when they when they raise the flop. So it's a pretty easy call then. Yeah. Well, There's... I'm not folding. Sure. <laughs> I'm not folding. Well, you're, you're, not folding but... you're not folding, and you made the argument for not three betting. So yeah, yeah. You're yeah, yeah. not. You only have one option once we eliminate those two. Sure. So you call. Uh, turn is the jack of diamonds, so now you have a gut shot to go along with your nut flush draw, and yeah, essentially you're hoping to check, face a bet of like five or six hundred, call, and then river something and jam into their like probably flop set. I imagine is mm-hmm. is the path. Oh, they bet three eighty. So oh, this is what a gift. Yeah, it's it's small, which makes it nice. Makes me a little sad that they didn't just pot it because it's like. Potting is like kind of the clincher as it relates to like they have a set. <laughs> them having like a really strong hand. And yeah. it's something that I think when you have draws like this, a lot of times I hear people talk about how they talk about villain having like sets or very strong hands or straights in this scenario on Jack 10, seven, three with, you know, two diamonds, two hearts as like a bad thing. But when you have a nutted draw, you want your opponent to actually have like a set of tens. You want them to have the best hand they can possibly have so that you can get value on your draw when you make it. Like when they have, when they don't have those types of hands, when they have a hand like ace 10 here and you call the turn and then make a flush on the river, 
and you bet and they just instantly fold, that is not the scenario that you dream about, right? You want them to have very, very strong hands here. Like that is, that is ideal. And that's why I said that I would have rather faced 600, right? I would rather face pot because then it's clinched. It's like, okay, now I know that when I, when I get there on the river, I'm getting all of it pretty much Mm. every time. So you this works out though for us in a in an unexpected way. The the three eighty is actually ends up being good news. Really? Yeah. Well, it's not it's not terrible news. A check would be the worst news, right? A check would be like the worst. <laughs> uh, so the river is the nine of diamonds, so it puts up a four liner, and completes the backdoor flush draw. There's fourteen ten in the pot. So. I mean, I, I already know what you're going to do and I already know what you're thinking. And so you, you can just <laughs> let, let yeah. the, the Tactical Tuesday listener know. I haven't seen this hand beforehand, but I, I've <laughs> done enough of these episodes with John to recognize the situation. Um, so just going back to why I thought the 380 was a gift, I think, you know, like you said, they probably have a slightly less nutted hand than, you know, someone who bets pot on the turn after raising the flop. Um, I think that, likely means that my donk jam here, which is what I'm considering, gets through a little bit more frequently than if they had bet pot on the flop. Although this river is so scary, who knows how much of a difference it makes to, you know, pocket tens or sevens versus a hand like ace ten. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think there's um yeah, I think that's like one argument, an extra argument for donk jamming here. But I think uh, the real argument here is that it's given what I said about villains range and how they just don't have hands like ace ten, um, I you know I think it's just extremely unlikely for villain to ever show up here with a flush um or even a straight don't think there's very many 8x any 8x that gets raised on the flop from this villain profile if they have a flush it has to be something like 10 7 of diamonds um eight nine of hearts to... eight nine of hearts could be there sure so eight like, nine of hearts but like, heart. yeah. one thing that i would say about this villain is that i'm not confident that villain would raise eight nine of hearts in position on the flop you know what i mean it's like that that's the level of like yeah. wow this raise is a big deal like yeah. on the on the flop um that's what i was feeling and so um yeah i think you know it's just really tough for villain to have a, a nutted hand once the board runs out um you know with the four liner the weird four liner and the backdoor flush that they never have completing don't didn't on I'm, I'm gonna be completely honest in game i didn't really even think about what i was repping in the spot or you know what what hands, what value hands I have to to jam here. Um, I just thought that this river card was just too too good for um too good for my bluffs, I guess, to to forego donk jamming. Yeah, I agree. I think you just you have to go for it. You got a gift from the poker gods with the backdoor flush completing in the four liner that mm-hmm. probably wasn't in your plan on the turn to donk rip, but eight of diamonds nine of diamonds you didn't you didn't make your flush you didn't make a straight you didn't make a pair but you got something that's you you got a nice consolation prize i feel like if you could look at the security footage of my face on the river you could you could probably see my thought process on my face where i'm just like fuck i never get there man how do i miss so many wait a second (laughs) (laughs) yeah to slow down though you could like start seeing the wheels the wheels turning (laughs) in real time yeah well I'm down with the thought and the execution. And we get the fold too. And so you you jam 2370 and villain folds. Did they 
show you or tell you or no they, they showed the struggle? people next to them right and then you know wasn't an extreme tank it was maybe like a 30 second disgusted tank show the two people next to you the big fold that you're making and then lock your hand well done good job that's it i, I think i agree nice. with your second hand river decision is great and i think the first hand you you found clearly the optimal path and i would have left a lot of money on the table by not betting small and checking the river but i probably would have checked the flop to start with yeah, yeah. Who, knows, hey, who knows? Who knows? Maybe he happened. made a sick fold with Queen Jack on the river because he just knows that I never. No, you know? no way. There's maybe, not. Maybe, there's maybe not I a world. Them. They had. A, <laughs> they had a busted nothing. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. They, they had abs- absolutely nothing. Like it's possible that they could have had a flush draw, right? Like check the flop. They bet. I could check raise and then like find something down the line to to still get mm-hmm. everything. So mm-hmm. it's hard to say how much money was left on the table, but it's also a good signal that they put in most of their stack and folded which is about as good of a result as, as you could ask for. So, sure. yep. all right, that's going to do it for this episode of Tactical Tuesday. If you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment. If you have any questions about either hand or if you would have played them differently, let us know. Till next time. See you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter, join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.